Sunrift Adventures and Historic Travelers Rest South Carolina has been outfitting the foothills for over 37 years with the best boats, bikes, tents, and more. With great brands, Sunrift has you covered for every adventure. Stop into Sunrift Adventures' unique outdoor shop and say hello today. Go to sunrift.com for more information. That's sunrift.com. Nature's Edge is brought to you by the Angler Magazine of Western North Carolina, Western North Carolina's only magazine dedicated to the fishing enthusiast. Pick one up at over 400 locations throughout Western North Carolina or visit them online at theanglermagazine.com to find out more. And be sure to follow them on Facebook, Angler Magazine of Western North Carolina.com. Hey, good morning, guys. It's Dale Stewart with Nature's Edge. You know, we're going to talk about something that's uh, close to me, and I know close to a lot of my listeners, and that's documentaries, uh, particularly documentary films today. And it's my belief that documentary filmmakers, they need to have the determination of a journalist, the insights of a historian, the fury of an activist, and the warmth and wisdom of a poet. Our guest today is... I think certainly fits that uh, that that description, and uh, he is a, an award-winning cinematographer. He's a filmmaker, documentarian, documentarian, uh, photographer, uh, and is is based here in Asheville, North Carolina. He is the owner of Venture Life Films, which specializes in outdoor and environmental media. And through his company, he's produced a number of documentaries with two features: Unbounded and Beyond Travel, each winning international awards. I had the uh, privilege of, of seeing Unbounded about a week ago and, and meeting Garrett. And uh, Garrett Martin, welcome to Nature's Edge. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. You bet, my bud. Let's, uh, let's jump right in this on documentaries. As I said, I have a lot, of, a lot of listeners and a lot of friends who are either in the documentary film world or want to be into the film world. So, Kind of give us a, an overview of how you got started. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I actually got started off in photography. I took a road trip with my brother, um, I guess it was about four or five years ago, and uh, we just visited all the popular national parks across the U.S., and I remember just having a camera phone with me and was trying to capture you know, these all-inspiring landscapes, and the, the phone was just not doing the trick. Um, so I ended up getting into photography because of that, and actually got a little bit bored with photography and that kind of just slowly kind of spiraled into filmmaking and documentary films. So it was just kind of a domino effect of just going from one thing to the next, just kind of being a little impatient, I guess. And what was, uh, what made you think you were ready for the documentary film world? Um, so I don't think you're ever ready for the documentary. Film <laughs> I agree. World. Um, honestly, before I filmed my first feature, I think I had just gotten into video and filmmaking four months prior. And I think that's how you have to approach documentaries is you just dive into them because there's really – you can go to film school and you know, learn as much as you can. But really documentary experience is just that. It's experience. You know, you have to get out there and start shooting and just find your story. I, I know. I know the very first documentary I did, which was way back before you were born probably, but I, I just was wandering around in the, in the woods with a camera and, and photographing things and taking uh, – videos and and came back and started trying to play with it and everything else never went to a film school never had all that that great training um 
kind of learn by doing. And and I think even uh, I think all documentarians kind of get into that that world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's just literally getting a camera and getting out there and shooting. Whenever somebody asks me for advice, that's literally what I told them to do. You know, you can't really tell them exactly how to do it. They kind of just have to learn for themselves. And that's what I, you know, my first two films, I've made so many mistakes and learned so much from them. And I think that's what you have to do. You have to have mistakes. You have to have failure just to be able to learn. Oh, absolutely. I, I You can't be afraid to, to just pick up that camera and go out there and mm-hmm. start doing things. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about how, um, do you try to script your uh, your documentaries? Um, not really, but my documentaries are also specifically adventure tra- travel genre. So yeah. those are just entirely unpredictable. I mean, you have a shooting script, you have storylines and storyboard and different things that you want to focus on, but you can't script exactly what's going to happen. It's unpredictable. And I think that's why I love documentary films so much is it's just kind of going with it. You know, it's not this exactly is going to happen at this time. You never really know. You just have to be ready for whatever. Oh, absolutely. And and uh, as you may know, I've done a lot of documentaries with animals. And, of course, mm-hmm. they, there's no script with them. You just sort of point the camera and hope you get get the shot that uh, that you want. Mm-hmm. And even with some people, that's sort of the way that uh, mm-hmm. that you do it. Let's talk about Unbounded a little bit. I, uh, that was a great film. Uh, uh, took place in Patagonia, one of my favorite places on the planet, and one of the last really wild places on the planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about uh, how Unbounded came about and, and sort of give us a little little storyline of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it was just kind of, I just finished my first feature, Beyond Travel, and I was kind of looking for another project, just kind of browsing around online. And um, I just came across one of those classic just top 10 hiking lists, and um, I saw the Greater Patagonian Trail on it. And I've always wanted to go to Patagonia, you know, as you mentioned, one of the last true wildernesses, and those are the type of places that I've always been drawn to. Um, So I clicked on the link, and it just took me to a Wiki Explorer page, which immediately intrigued me because, you know, Appalachian Trail, Pacific Crest, all the big ones have a government organization or a nonprofit that's usually taking care of it and kind of setting up a website that's legitimate, but this was just a wiki page. And doing some more research, I learned it was just one hiker, Jan Dudek, who year after year since 2013 has just been coming back and just blazing the trail himself. So he's just been coming back with his fiance and just forming through GPS waypoints, talking with locals, you know, really getting to know the land to form this trail that's now the longest trail in South America. So I shot him an email, very interested in the trail, and I think he responded within an hour just with this you know paragraph after paragraph about how incredible this place is the locals the culture and you know the environmental issues surrounding the region and um this idea of this film just kind of slowly shaped form yeah and that that i've actually been down there and been on portions of that trail as you know and Mm -hmm. uh, it's really not a trail (laughs) no no it's a series of uh of connections i I think would be a a good way to uh, put it the people are great though that that are that are down there and and uh, um, did you find them open to uh, to tourists and people like yourself being down there? Oh yeah, absolutely. Which was surprising for us. I think we expected a little bit, but there was not a local we met along the trail and you know some of the most remote places possible where they're not seeing that many people, and they just welcomed us in immediately. And they said they love tourists. They always welcome them in, you know, and that was, yeah, that was a little bit surprising. They were more open than we thought they would be. Just being in that remote part of the world, you think they'd be a bit more isolated and reserved, but they were some of the most generous people I have met during any of my travels, for sure. 
Let's talk about your uh, collaborators and your partners on the trip. You had uh, there were what four of you that actually did the did the uh, the the journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, those four. And uh, how did you go about selecting them? Because I know you guys are from different countries and different places. Uh, yeah, okay. So that's a bit of a long story. I'll try to keep it short though. But um, basically, my first film, Beyond Travel, I followed a girl hitchhiking all the way across Canada from coast to coast. And um, Alyosha, who's our co-producer and one of the travelers who's from Germany, was actually hitchhiking in the opposite direction from coast to coast. So we kind of met through that. And then Robin, the girl traveler, I actually interviewed in Vancouver on one of my last days in Canada. And then we had another Canadian travel that was set to go, but he backed out one week before leaving on the trip. And Anthony, who ended up joining us, just kind of came on board just because we needed somebody with one week left. And he'd been kind of following our journey. So it's just kind of that tight, you know, backpacking, hiking community. Um, And I was looking to find people from different countries. So we had someone from the U.S., somebody from Germany, somebody from the U.K. So it kind of added different perspectives to the film. And how many of you actually had wilderness, real, true wilderness experience? Um, I guess it (laughs) depends how you define (laughs) true wilderness experience. But um, our wilderness guide, Anthony, for sure, was the main one. He actually does expeditions and teaches uh, wilderness programs. So him for sure. And then the rest of us, Robin had zero zilch experience. And then me and Alyosha, we know we've done backpacking, we've done wilderness stuff, but I don't know if you could call it true wilderness. <laughs> yeah, nothing, yeah, not not what you experienced down there. But now you have mm-hmm. that in your uh, in your Rolodex that you mm-hmm. can say, hey, we, we did that. And, and by the way, if you need another guy next time, call me. Hey, you're the guy. And, uh, you know, I love that stuff. Um, so that, uh, tell us a little about, cause I always get asked this question when I'm filming, uh, remotely like that. Talk a little bit about your gear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it, it's tough as you know, because you want to carry as much as you can, but you're also carrying it on your own back, yes. you know? Um, also since you do solo, you know, this <laughs> very well too, you know, a lot of bigger production documentaries have a film crew that's following the traveling crew. But um, we were the film crew and the traveling crew. So all the camera equipment that we carried was on our own back. So we had to be as light as possible. But also, you know, we're filming a professional documentary. So we want professional gear. And that usually requires bigger equipment. But um, we carried with us two Sony A7Ss, which are just very compact cameras. And then also a GoPro, which obviously is very small as well. Um, And then we had a couple tripods, you know, a ton of accessories that come with that. Boom pole, lav mics shotgun mics, all that sort of stuff. But we picked the smallest things that we possibly could, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, that that's always a challenge. And then, of course, when you're out remote like that, you don't have a place to plug up. Mm-hmm. So so batteries and battery packs uh, uh, add a lot of weight and a lot of bulk to what you're doing. And uh, I use solar uh, now a lot. Did you guys use solar? Yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah, we used uh, one of those uh, Goal Zero just packs. Alyosha actually just had it hanging off of his backpack while hiking during the day. So it would, you know, gain up energy during the day, and then at night we would charge the batteries. Yeah, yeah, that's and that's the way to do it, and, and that's the best way to do it. So um, uh, did all of you uh, spend time with the camera, or, or were you pretty much the, the cameraman? Um, so I was the primary cinematographer and then Alyosha was the secondary cameraman, but we probably split it somewhere around 50, 50, I would say. And how'd you handle sound? Um, so Alyosha was the sound guy, actually. He had a lot more expertise than I did. So he typically was recording sound, which 
again, you know, you have two people doing the job of four or five people. So for interviews, for example, we had two cameras set up and then we're also recording two different forms of sound. So while I'm conducting the interview and, you know, monitoring one camera, Alyosha is monitoring another camera while holding a boom pole and monitoring the live sound as well. So, (laughs) yeah, it's a lot of ones. Oh, yeah. So how many uh, how many weeks were you were you there? Um, So we're there for four months total. And uh, gosh, you must have shot hundreds of hours of film. Uh, yeah, it was probably around a hundred hours. It's definitely less than what you would think. I would say just because, you know, we are hiking and traveling for a good portion of it. So really most of the minutes are from the diary cams that we did and then the interviews that we conducted. Yeah. The great thing about having a team with you when, when I'm doing solo, one of the things that drove me crazy, but I'd have to go set my camera up, do the, do the trip, then go back and retrieve my camera, then do it Mm -hmm. over again. And, Mm -hmm. And sometimes in in some very uh, unpleasant environments, but uh, uh, my choice. So that's that's what I did. Um, well, now you've you've finished uh, finished filming. You've got all this great sound and film, and and you've survived the journey. Uh, now comes editing. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, that's the fun part. <laughs> um, yeah, so we actually had a fantastic editor, uh, Summer Simpson, based out of Colorado, that handed all the editing. Um, so I pretty much just worked with her. She would you know, go on a stretch of a week or so editing, and then we'd hop on a phone call. I'd check out the cut. We'd go back and forth, make changes, and we just kind of moved through that process over around six months or so, I think. Oh, yeah, that that sounds about right. And, and uh you were smart not to sit there beside her every day or, or beside them while they were editing. I, I, I have, uh, after all these years, I still try to separate myself away, but, but it's still, you know, such a part of my, my life when I do that, it's, it's difficult sometimes to, to turn that over to someone else. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's a gray area because you don't want to completely back away and hand off everything, but at the same time, you can't be doing it all yourself. You can't be watching over top of them because as a director or producer, you're entirely, and especially if you filmed it as well, you're way too attached to that footage and you need to be able to back off and get different perspectives on it because it's, it's so much harder to cut that way. And your film's going to be, you know, five hours long. Oh yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree with you. It, 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 when, when you've been the, the, the writer, the producer, the director, the cinematographer, the sound man, you know, and, and you've survived that journey. Uh, it is, it's, it's very difficult to pick what, what you finally wind up with and what you're willing to let go of. So that's, uh, that's a lesson for all, uh, all you upcoming documentarians. Let, uh, find you a good editor and let them do their job, stay involved, but let them do their job and, and don't be afraid of that. Um, what's next? Um, tough to say. <laughs> I'm focusing a lot more on client work now. So promotional videos, commercials, and things like that for environmental nonprofits, outdoor companies. Um, yeah, so I'm focusing a lot more on short term work right now. Um, I have a couple projects that I'm planning longer term, but trying to put those on the back burner for now, cause unbounded wore me out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It, it can do that. But I will tell you now that you've done that, that, that draw to do it again is, is always there. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I would come back from something like that, and I would I would say, okay, I need that time to sort of re reset my own clock and my own mind and everything else, and I'll do these other little projects, and then some something will happen. You'll see something on TV, you'll read something, you'll hear about something. Next thing you know, you're sitting there planning. 
and uh, and there you go. So mm-hmm. so it'll get there. So uh, talk a little bit about Venture Films. Now they, it's located uh, in Asheville, North Carolina, mm-hmm. and uh, and you've actually been living here what four or five months? Yeah, not, not yeah, right long, around huh? there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, why Asheville? Um, the mountains probably yeah. <laughs> might have to say. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm very, very adhered to the mountains and the Blue Ridge mountains just feels like home to me. I don't know why. I mean, I've lived here for all my life, so that's probably why, but, um, yeah, so I wanted to live somewhere along the mountains and just was kind of getting tired of Virginia. So just wanted to change the scenery and Asheville seemed like the perfect place and I love it so far. It is. And, and, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of talented people here in Asheville, uh, you know, in the documentary world and the, the film world and cinematography world and sound world so uh not a bad place to be <laughs> and and do that um talk a little bit about your uh, the your your travel documentary that you did but that you did before unbounded mm-hmm. yeah so that was called beyond travel that That's was my it. yeah my yeah. first film um yeah that was just diving straight into filmmaking that was a complete learning process for sure yeah so i followed a girl miranda rashid um hitchhiking all the way across canada from coast to coast And um, the idea of the film was just to kind of give a very broad kind of view of Canada and its people and the culture and, you know, just how it's different from the U.S. in so many different ways. Um, And also just in a nutshell is just inspiring people to travel just by any means necessary. You know, we did it completely on a budget, hitchhiking, couch surfing, hostels, all that type of stuff. So just showing that really there's no excuse to get out there and explore different places. Yeah. And and I tell people that, too. People always say, hey, I you know, I'd like to do this, or maybe one day I'll do that. And I tell them, just do it. You know, mm-hmm. just just get out there and do it, and and uh, and figure it out as you go. You don't you don't have to have all the answers before you go do it. You know, I always sit down and and kind of talk about what I don't know a lot of times. And people say, Dale, how do you know what you don't know? And I say, Well, I sit down and I write down everything that I know, and what's left over <laughs> is what I don't know. And that's that's what we try to uh, that's what we try to try to get involved with a little more. Um, back on just a docu, the business of, of documentary and, and people, I think sometimes forget it is a business, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Kind of. And, yeah. <laughs> Depends how you look at it. Yeah, I, yeah, I suppose so. But, uh, uh, what about distribution? Uh, I get asked all the time, okay, Dell, I've got this film. Now what? And I said, well, you need to, you know, you, you can walk around and show it to people. You can sell copies of it out of the back of your car. But uh, ultimately, if you really want to try to make some money or make a living doing this, you need to find a distributor. Mm, yeah, and that's the big thing about documentaries is really you got to think from the business aspect from day one. And distribution is one of those things. you got to kind of have a strategy of where is this going to get distributed? How are you going to get it distributed? you got to start making those connections very early on in the process. And also marketing is massive for documentaries nowadays. You know, You really have to market right when you start pre-production. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. One other quick thing I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, that uh, another question that I get asked a lot is budgets. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, abs- absolutely. Once you kind of figure out what you want to do, you got to sit down because it it costs money for plane tickets and all the gear and all of the other stuff that go along with that. So, uh, um, you speak about that just a minute. Um, yeah, sure. Um, yeah. So budgets are budgets are tricky um i mean you can do a film for ten thousand, or you can do it for a million so it really just depends on your vision for the film what exactly you want out of it you know do you want to spend six months fundraising or do you want to spend you know three years fundraising so 
I think people just need to figure out what exactly they want to do when they're going into a project and then how much money they need to accomplish that. Yeah. And I, you know, I tell, I tell new, new documentarian, uh, people all the time and, uh, you, you know, it's, yes, you have to have funds, you have to have money to be able to do things, but don't let the like of money, uh, prevent, uh, prevent your vision from happening. You just, you just have to get creative sometimes in, in the way you do things. Um, Garrett, if people want to get in touch with you or, or learn a little more about uh, about your film company, how, do you have a website or, or contact information? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so my website is just my first name, last name. It's GarrettRMartin.com. And then you can just reach me by email. It's Garrett at VentureLifeFilms.com. So, yeah. And uh, so any of... Uh, any of you new uh, uh, documentary people, uh, call Garrett. He'll <laughs> he'll have a cup of coffee with you, <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> and and talk to you a little bit about this. I mean, it, after all, it is about uh, sort of sharing our experiences and, and sharing what we know. And and I know on any of the expeditions I've done in the past, or any any of the countries I've gone to, or anything else. Uh, you know, it, it's always important to try to talk to people who have already been there and already done that. And uh, uh, and, and the same thing is, is true in the documentary film world. I mean, it's, there's always someone that, that uh, has already done that or already faced certain things. And I, I, everybody that I know, uh, Garrett, is great about sharing information about equipment they use, cameras they use, uh, what worked, what didn't work. Uh, and uh, don't you find that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's why I love the film film industry so much. Is everyone is so collaborative? You know, it doesn't. It's not really that competitive of a atmosphere. It's much more open. You know, if you ask a filmmaker what they used on this or how they did this, usually people are very open to you know collaborating and helping out. Which is yeah, that's one of the things I love so much about the film industry. I, I know even shots sometimes. You know, I've 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 seen an amazing shot, and I'd I'd call the call the. Uh, uh, the producer, the director, or, or I'd call and they'd say, oh, we'll talk to the cinematographer. And I'd say, well, that's who I really want to talk to. And then and say, hey, how did you get that fantastic shot? Or what did you use to set that shot up? And uh, they've always been great about, uh, about sharing that information with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Garrett, it has been a privilege, my friend, to have you on Nature's Edge. And we'll certainly have to have you back. Um, people that want to get Unbounded, uh, can they? is it available out there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's on all the major platforms, iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, Vimeo. So, yeah, any of those. And uh, and I strongly recommend you get it. It's, it's a great video. Uh, we didn't get into talking about uh, all, of the, all of the good things and bad things that happened, but uh, it, it, uh, anytime you're out in, in the wilds, as, as Garrett was, you're going you're gonna to run into those things. This is Dale Stewart with Nature's Edge, my friends, and I thank you for listening, and we will be back next time, and I hope to see you in the wild. Visit naturesedgemedia.com. You can check out podcasts, videos, lecture archives from Dale, and much more. Thank you for listening to Nature's Edge with Dale Stewart, brought to you by Angler Magazine of Western North Carolina.